Hi, Roger. Happy Valentine's Day, baby. Hey, Mom. Happy Valentine's Day to you. How you doing today? It's cold. It is um chilly. It was warm and hot today, throughout today. Um, I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I got some nice little Valentine tweets. All that good stuff today. Showing some love. Must be nice. I got, um, no, my coworker. Shout out to her. Um, <laughs> we told each other Happy Valentine's Day. But I, yeah, phone crickets. Radio silence. That's fine. I know who loves me. Me. That's the best love you can get. Give yourself a hug. I'm going to give you a hug. Mwah. That's not a hug, but okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um. What we talk about last episode? Um, different TV sitcoms. Yes, we did talk about prominent TV shows that we watched um, growing up and black TV shows that we're watching in today, the 21st century. Um, today, we're going to be talking about jobs and job searching. Yes, resumes and all that good stuff. What has changed and looking for the future for the better good. Yep. I'm Angela. I'm Raja. And this is Talking Brown Sugar. Ladies running down to the rib tide is Angela and Raja with another show. Oh, it is Talking Brown Sugar. Today we are in the Sugar Bowl on the Friday Eve, also known as February 14th, um, where we share some random thoughts. What do you have for the people today, Mom? <laughs> oh, yeah. My random thought is so much as I tell you. It's the mail delivery. Please stop putting the wrong mail in the mailbox. After myself, anyone in the household, put it on there. Return to the sender. Sometimes we put a name in the mailbox saying who we are. So you know what address you're delivering it to. Not saying it's always your fault. Sometimes it's the person who lives their fault. Some addresses change frequently and they just keep getting the mail frequently. But I feel if these people be getting uh, information they need to contact their lawyers, family members, Social Security, they might need to have this information returned to them. So please take it out and stop putting old coupons that I can't use. What you think? Um, I'm fine with a free magazine every now and then, but um, for everything else that I don't need. Yeah, it can be annoying when, I don't know, sometimes I do get excited about mail because, you know, you rarely get mail. You know, I pay all my bills online. But, um, you know, sometimes you get a paper or something in the mail, you get excited, and then it's not even your name. So, yeah, it'd be nice. Or this is just a nice reminder for people to uh, update your address when you move. Yes, you can always go to the post office and do that. 
because you do not want to get no $300 fine for accidentally opening up Mr. Bill's retirement check. Oh, my goodness. Please stop leaving that toilet seat up. Because sometimes you have that dream of that golden toilet, and you do not want to have an accident on your way by sitting in some cold water. It's not pleasant. Some of us have night lights, and some of us don't. And sometimes you just have to get in there and just do what you got to do. So be mindful. Yeah, think about the next person. Thankfully, I haven't had that problem in a while. Um, I guess just my random thought. I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about getting messages and stuff on Valentine's Day because you can show me love 365 times throughout the year or more. You know, there's always more. But I think it's just funny how I didn't hear anything today from anybody. That I thought I would hear somebody from. But it's cool if I hear something on the 15th. Or people just, you know, magically hop into the inbox on the 15th. I'm going to be busy because it's Friday. I'm with you on that. But, you know, like I feel about Valentine's Day. Sometimes it's overrated. I think you show love 365 days of the year. But for your sniffing another, your boyfriend, your girlfriend... Whoever it is, even your classmate, I think it's cute for little children. My heart goes out to them parents who has three or more kids, and y'all had to sign up all them little love you candies because I was a parent and I would be up all night. But you know what? Happy Valentine's Day. That was so sweet. Um, but y'all heard me. You know who you are. <laughs> Sugar Cubes, a.k.a. the news. Well, we put a little sugar in your cup. Dumpster Dive is by Huff Post. This is a little story written by Cameron McLeish. He started dumpster diving when he was in college. He used to work in a grocery store when he would leave his college campus. This was his job. So he just figured out a way that he could save some money when his money got short. He would pick and peek into dumpsters, different ones in his location. And summing this up, he was surprised about how um, Americans and different companies waste food. You know, nobody's sharing. You know, if you are trespassing, you know, you can get in trouble. So he would be mindful and look for ways to save himself money because he had other expenses, plus to feed himself which is going on in America today. Um, sometimes people look at the lack of experience of their job when they have to feed their families. We have the homeless. We have children that are not you know, getting a well-balanced meal. But coming towards this, we see that it has 40 million people or even more 12 million children that are going hungry. And some companies have adopted the Good Samaritan Food Donation Act, which was in, adopted in 1996. And um, free businesses would form a liability or donate food to nonprofits. 
So they will use that too to get a tax free deduction or like a donated food deduction. Plus, um, when he was going through different states, he noticed that uh, some places were more willing to give away food to help out homeless or people that were hungry. And he would give points and wrote different books, which I don't have the titles, showing you how to pick up freshly unmolded food, um, sell by date. Some stores were, were really helpful and try to place the food kind of neat in a dumpster. I know that might sound crazy, but some stores knew that people would be diving into these dumpsters when they closed. So my point is, don't never think that you're in a better place because everybody can go hungry at some time. Yeah, I remember... Um being in college and having to go to um the pantry you know when times were rough and you were hoofing it but um even now like you know you know with the government shutdown a lot more people were going to the food banks um but specifically with dumpster diving i remember reading some stories about how um somebody like tried to sue like when it was popular when um, different nonprofits or organizations were giving out food that was donated to them by stores that discarded them. Like, they had too many times where people were trying to sue the organizations for the food they were receiving um, that was discarded. So that's why, you know, there were more laws put in place to try to prevent that um, people using it that way to get money, um, which sucks. You know, one bad apple spoils the bunch. But um, that's a whole movement to dumpster dive. It just makes any sense in this country that we have people who and children who can't eat or, you know, go hungry. And that's why um, I think it's cool that he developed a system and was willing to share that information to help people get access to food, even though that's not a conventional way you would think of, you know, getting food. But that's a reality that we have in this country. Even though, you know, we consider ourselves developed, you have people who have, like, that's their last resort or their only resort to get food. Yeah, this is something in the world. Going on to my next little news by the conversation. Think teens need to talk about sex? Older adults may need it even more. In today's society, we are seeing a lot of changes that um, they're not really talking about sex education in class. And we're not thinking about the older people because, you know, you got the Viagra. They talk about uh, erectile dysfunction, the Sierras for the women and different things like that. But we have young adults may deny older um, relatives that are having sex, but sexually active. So, you know, you want people to have a a healthy sex life regardless of whatever they are or whatever activity they may be into. So sex education and research uses a medical model of sex zero health, focusing mainly on pregnancy, sexual transmitted disease infections, and sexual dysfunctions. However, sexuality is complex. Beyond genitals and the comma serrata of Positions. Yeah, girl. And it's considered sexual and gender identity. 
Some things are sensitive to some people and they can't discuss it in their families by the intimacy, positive thoughts, or negative thoughts. Our research has explained sexuality among older adults experiencing healthy aging and also aging with health challenges. Some people are taking different medications, um, diabetics, high blood pressure, people have pacemakers, artificial limbs, different things that you would never think of that is challenging for them. But, and then we have other people are taking medications and they want to uh, go outside their age and somebody might have an STD and you're not thinking about it because you're just looking at performing for whatever. So we have to be mindful. For example, a challenge of physical and congestive heart failure. Sometimes we think of the different things that model our health care needs. We also experience changes in work, social, and family roles. Responsibility overall. So we have to be mindful. Go to the doctor. Get things checked out. Talk with your family. Check on your parents. Some people have single parents and they're in the dating scene. Check on your mom. Check on your dad. Ask them questions. And plus, if you got teenagers, talk to them too. It's more than just condoms. It's more than just pills for birth control. Talk to your kids because they're talking. Yes, yeah, um, good point. I think with the article, it's saying too that um, like we got to revisit this the birds and the bees talk for adults, but go into more than just you know A plus B equals C or you put the plus and the minus and you get a baby. <laughs> Like, you got to talk about how to put on the condom. Why do we put on condoms? Um, The different kind of condoms they have. Um, Just the different things that, you know, make sex safer because, you know, there are new reports out about the increased um, transmission of STDs per state. You know, you have the HIV epidemic in Atlanta, um, North Carolina being in the top 10 for herpes, gonorrhea, chlamydia, and different things. But, you know, this is something you we we shouldn't have but we have it because this country has a weird relationship with sex and sexuality like um we can't openly talk about issues in the lgbtqia community plus um just in general we you know have people who don't want their kids to get the birds and the bees talking in school but it's like who's going to give it to them and then you know, the other stories about the older people um, not using protection in the homes and things like that. So I think, yeah, we need to, as a country, um, just have more open and fluid and open conversations with the right information about how to um, explore that realm safely. Yes, um, so my first article is from the Arrow Journal um, by Kelsey Blackwell. This was published last year, but um, the title is Why People of Color Need Spaces Without White People. Um, she begins, or I just want to pull this piece out. Um, people of color need their own spaces. Black people need their own spaces. We need places in which we can gather and be free from the mainstream stereotypes and marginalization that penetrate every other societal space we occupy. We need spaces where we can be our authentic selves without white people's judgment and insecurity muzzling that expression. 
We need spaces where we can simply be, where we can get off the treadmill of making white people feel comfortable and finally realize just how tired we are. Valuing and protecting these spaces for people of color um, or aka POC is not just a kind thing that white people can do to help us feel better. Supporting these spaces is crucial to the resistance of oppression. When people of color are together, there can be healing. We can reclaim parts of ourselves that have been repressed. We can redefine ourselves and support one another in embracing who we are. The necessity of these spaces is obvious to me as a woman of color, learning to embrace layers of my own identity by being in community with other black and brown bodies. This has been especially important in my spiritual community. Um, she practices um, a sect of Buddhism uh, where we've are taught that surfacing vulnerability is a path to creating a more fair and just society. Yet in my own organizing of a POC mediation in Oakland and in conversations with people of color and my song across the United States, I have been angered and baffled by the responses of white people to these spaces. Um, I just think this was a point, uh, point she was making, but... It's it's true more than now than ever. I believe we as people of color need more spaces where we can just be. Because I think about different stories where black people um, are accosted or you know cops called on them just for being out and black. Um, especially as we've seen and you know since Trump has been elected, but this has been going on for forever. But um, we just need more spaces to be ourselves. I know how it is when. You know, I'm just with my girls, and we are just laughing and happy in ourselves. But, you know, when that space isn't for you, you know, you're always looking over your shoulder. Are we laughing too loud? Are we being, you know, you know, just too much? And um, I think when you have a space that is your own, you don't have to worry about all of that. You know, I've been there on that note. That's like if you're going out and... Going somewhere and you don't see a sign that says, oh, that color is not welcome. Then you look around, people looking at you like, why are you here? And it shouldn't be that way. But different things have different labels. Even when the presence, when you enter the room, they'd be like, oh, we don't want to talk about it. But we see the elephant in the room. Exactly. Like being a person of color in integrated spaces doesn't always mean that you're accepted as you are. Um because, you know, being tolerated is different than even being, you know, accepted into the room. Being tolerated, you still can get and experience little microaggressions, even large aggressions. Um, uh, macroaggressions, I don't know what like. But, yeah, um, this outward aggression from people, whether it be stares, somebody calling the cops, you know, kicking you out, just things like that. And you just you're just trying to be your happy, natural self, living your best life. Um, and that's, I know all, not, um, everybody experiences it the same way, but it's just in your face when people are upset by your presence and white people who, um, want to be in support or be a part of the change should be the ones who are most vocal about accepting these spaces and letting them be 
just that spaces for people of color, not necessarily, well, why are you doing this? What if we did this? What if we had um, a white history month? Or what if we had a um, white student union or things like that? Like just that that shows the issue that you have, that you feel threatened. You Everything else is um, not explicitly labeled for you as a white person. But it is, is you know, institutions in place. There's so many things that just are and have been established for you without it saying, you know, Starbucks for you or anything just with, you know, for white people, by white people. Um, but like you said, it's there. It's clear and it's there. Want us to promote your business in our next Sweet Deeds mention? Email us, talkingbrown.sugar at gmail.com with the subject line, business feature, with a few sentences about your business, product, or service. There's room for everyone to eat. The main discussion today, we're talking about the job search, hunting for jobs, what our first jobs were like. Um, and just that general experience is being a woman, a woman of color, me, us being, what would you say, full-figured yeah. women searching for jobs or just, you know, a woman in looking for experience to grow professionally and things like that. So let's get started. Um, what was one of your first jobs or what were your first jobs like? Well, one of my first jobs was with Eckers Drugs. I was hired as an assistant manager, but would had to go through loops holes of white men who thought I couldn't be a manager, but I proved them wrong, and they wanted to relocate me to the main headquarters, which was in Florida. The only perks I liked was the money. And the customer service and the people I met who gave me encouragement to not to quit, because there's been many days I would go in that building not wanting to work but um dealing with that it was a struggle in itself just keeping my mind together and not want to snap on somebody because i could have been in jail um like what you say you had to prove yourself like what 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 what's an example of you having to prove yourself like what did they do something that show you had to prove like how did they yes um Coming to find out that when I went to different meetings, found out more of the black people were taking lie detector tests, which consists of a lie detector hooked up to your body. And you will hold alkaline paper, even your left or right hand, to see if you sweat or told the truth on questions they would ask you about the rest of your money being short or what would you do if money fell on the floor or when the pharmacy had um, narcotics to come in, would you try to steal them or would you try to cover up something that you knew somebody else was stealing and I was like oh wow hmm this does not seem right and then you didn't know who to really discuss because you didn't know it was a mole in the building somebody going to tell because you discovered that black people were really being tested or some of the promotions weren't even being fed the people who are doing the jobs better than the people who were initially had the higher positions so I knew it was time for me to move on and I was young, and I was ready, and I was ambitious. I didn't lose my fight, but it was a struggle just knowing that every day you go in there, people looking at you ready for you to fail, or they're setting up little um, different 
coupon items that had expired, but telling you to go ahead and serve them or you can do this and headquarters calling the store the next day saying, why was these items being sold? We see the ticket sales went down and you found that you was being set up. Before that happened to me, I found another job. That's crazy because lie detector tests, um, knowing now that lie detector tests have been proven to not be, you know, scientifically backed, they're not admissible in court for that and stuff is just the dumbest stuff. That reminds me of like when we had the, um, like the voter questions and stuff when people had to guess like how many, what bubbles were in a bar of soap. Mm -hmm. That's just dumb stuff. Um... My first job was at a southern eatery that people like. Um, And I don't like this place because I work there. Um, What I saw in the back, as far as sanitation and things, sure, it was enough to get um, a passing grade, but, you know, just gross. Um, Part of my job initially was to be one of the dining room cleaners and then I um worked my way up to be a cashier but um that was the first job where I actually like got burned um on the job I still have that scar today um it was just crazy and that was a job I had while I was in high school um what I didn't like was some of the racism that I noticed um with some of the customers and how they address everybody. Most of the staff were people of color. And for some people who, you know, clearly worked there for years, that was something they let, you know, roll off their their back. But um, it's just crazy what you have to put up with, especially with hosp- like when you're doing, like, hospitality or retail work, when you work directly with people. Um, the pay does not compensate you for what you have to put up with, nor does the training um, help you cope with that, um, not only did cleaning up behind people push me to get out of it, but just, like, some of the racism I dealt with was a motivation and a motivator for me to, you know, do what I needed to do to get a better job, a better paying job. And that's so true. Um, just like, uh, your older brother had a little position that he was working with a construction site they was going to use his youth and his strength to do a job that I guess more experienced men could do but he pulled it through and he found out that was not the life he wanted to do but I told him I said we would have worked in it as you got older you could have been an engineer and owned your own company but that was just tick for tack for what we have to go through as black people in color I don't care how many degrees you have, they don't want to pay you or they don't want to put you in a position so they promote a position. Once you do all this here background work for them for promotion, then it seems like that's just not enough to excel. Then you get frustrated with yourself and like, what am I doing? But you got to keep the fire in your flames, always going higher and wanting the best for yourself. Because I know on my other job after that, I was like in my early 20s. I was worked for a construction site. And I was a secretary, which I thought I was going to really like. Come to find out there was sexism on this old white man trying to make a little snappy uh, remark to me sexually how I could make some more money. 
Wow, there was a lot of bricks in that building, and I was thinking about getting him with one. But I didn't want to promote violence, so I talked over with my mom, and she was saying, well, get your last paycheck, and you just leave. Leave in good taste. I left with a two weeks notice, even though I left before that. But there's just so much we have to go through to prove ourselves so that we can do the job. But if you don't have, like, uh, a responsible Reliance on your inner self, you can lose yourself in so many different ways because you know you got responsibilities to take care of yourself and just try to do better. I know sometimes that's not enough because, you know, you have that fire, you have the determination to do better. You do, you're doing everything by the book and you still can't get ahead or you still can't get a job or you still can't get that promotion. Um, and that's just because of the system that systems that be, um, so, um, for me, that example was right after college when I worked at a restaurant, um, came in the door and that was what, for seven twenty five, seven fifty seven twenty five, seven like literally twenty sixteen. Um that's what they were paying because in North Carolina minimum wage is still seven dollars and twenty five cents. Um, you can't even look at the cost of living or, you know, what they suggest the poverty line is because it just doesn't match what it actually costs to live, um, as an individual, a family of four, whatever. Um, but being a cashier, you had to do a number of tasks in the front of house and a couple in the back of house, but quickly my, um, supervisors noticed that you know I was putting in work and I got lots of tips lots of positive compliments from customers as you know I was just doing my job you know treating people how I prefer to be treated when I walk into a store greet me collect this my money say hey to me ask me how I'm doing if you can help you know be helpful so I treat people the same way I want to be treated in that sense and that's just what I did um, you know, counting back money, handling cash registers and doing all the things, um, as far as like stock and stuff, that was easy for me. Um, I like when things are organized. So that was just another way to organize things as far as money, stocks, and, um, like, I guess just keeping the business going. So I was offered a promotion of a manager position, but the cap for the hourly rate was $9. I said to do what now? <laughs> $9 for what? <laughs> I was just, I was blown away by that. But, I mean, it was grueling work. You know, you work in 40, 60, 80 hours, and, and you get your check back. And it looked like you chilling or you got a part-time job. And, you know, you can't save money when you have bills and you have to get to work. Um, so I was talking to my supervisor to see what could be done about increasing my hours because I'm literally now I have a key to the store. I got save codes, all this kind of stuff. And one day the restaurant was robbed, on my, thankfully, on my day off. Um, it was robbed. And so I was like, yeah, um about that race crickets 
you know, well, we can do this and we can give you nothing that would have amounted to the amount of work that was actually required. I mean, physically standing on your feet for so many hours in a day um, and not necessarily standing on that cushion mat that some cashiers get, but literally just standing um, for more than eight hours a day. And then you might get 30 minutes to sit down if that because there's always a fire to put out. So, you know always going but that um it was difficult like even finding that job it took I mean with my college degree with internships and stuff it took a minute to find a job and I even know that the only reason why I think I got that job was because of my name a lot of people assume I'm um Indian uh, because my name is you know Arabic and so they see me and they're like, oh, you're a female and you're black. Oh. And so, you know, you had to get over that that hoop. But my name, I know my name for sure has definitely got me in the door. The college I went to has gotten me in the door. Um, and then the rest is just how you sell yourself. But that's if you can get to the interview. So it's like, how do you keep that fire going? I just read a story about um, a deaf woman who in 18 months applied to a thousand jobs and all of them said no. Like, what do you do when you keep your your flame going and there's, you know, it seems like you just can't, just can't get a break. That's why we have a gig economy. That's why people start businesses, brands. Get on Instagram, become a personality, start blogging. You know, you got all these people doing surveys, secret shoppers. That's why we have a gig economy. We literally, um, people can't support themselves on seven twenty five. You can't pay rent anywhere with seven twenty five an hour, not with just one job. So true. You see different signs where they say we can help you. We are hiring, and then you get there, and you find out the position is always filled because you have to go online. Some people don't have the ability or the know-how to use a computer, laptop, smartphone. Because a lot of people have smartphones and don't really know how to even download this accessibility to different websites that in this um, their states. Plus, update a functional resume. And sometimes, you know, you can go to your local libraries or different places, social services. Some places do have little classes if you can get there, if you're not working. You know, some sometimes the times are not even good for you to even do that. But always try to update yourself, keep yourself motivated the best you can. And, you know, don't give up. Because I've seen my daughter fill out numerous uh, resumes. I know what you're about to say, too. What I'm not going to tell you. Stop picking at me. But anyway, on to the next job that I had. I worked somewhere for 33 years, which was, um, I guess, what I'm call the the apple of Durham tie, or the foundation besides tobacco. Wow. Some things can be a hidden gem or a hidden terror. You can get into place, and they pay you good for an hour. But by the time they have all these deductions from parking, health care, 
taxes, double taxes, inside taxes of the job, and it's a privately owned place. And plus, you can have managers who will work the S out of you, and you feel like not even coming to work the next day. Or they just use you up to no good. But what keeps me humble, I had three faces to come home to. Thank you, Jesus, for that. So I had a little responsibility and a a cap for me to stay focused. But I have worked long hours to um, just succeed so they can just have a little bit of a better, brighter day. Or things they can look forward to and having um, some little wants they wanted. But in this world, you know, people have loans. They go to the banks. They can't afford them. They second mortgage their homes. And some some people have good jobs. Even for the student loans, they'll find out now people are getting robbed for trying to get the help to pay back their student loans. And these third-party companies are robbing the, the people. You know, you saying, go to school, go to school. Some people say, why I go to school? Nobody can't steal that degree from you. That's something you work for. And somebody's going to be having an eye on you to put you in a good position. You just got to keep pounding that hard cement. Um, that's a good point. Um, go to school, get the degree. Yeah, nobody can take that from you. But also, school isn't for everybody because of the way schools are set up. Um, you know, people have different learning abilities or just different learning styles, how they uh, in- take uh, information and learn. So you can do vocational training. Um, get a skill, get a certificate. Those are um, other ways to get um, certifications that will lead to specific jobs in um, different industries. Um, also, um, well, that's like the same thing as learning a trade, but also um, not necessarily going the four-year route. You can do two years of college. Sometimes it's less than two years, but um, discovering and being an expertise or just mastering whatever it is your hobby is, um, if you can do that while maintaining a part-time job to get money until you become a master and um, learning how to build that out. But because of um, just noticing how many people don't have the know-how, um, that has given me the idea to create the business that I'm working on. Um, it'll probably be... Um, classified as a social enterprise so look for more of that to come um i'm building out now templates and things because i've worked with people who are entrepreneurs um some other companies and businesses um just on general stuff like to get started or you know just helping with like marketing logos designs um some business plans even um like some more creative and artistic projects but um con email us you know at talkingbrown.sugar at gmail.com um if you're interested in those services because i will be releasing more information about that um and just you know email us hit us up on social media about your job search now like how is it for you everybody out there job searching and what would you like to see what kind of help you would need to get a job um another resource if you're in north carolina i know it's called nc works 
But what everybody should do in your state, go to the library and ask for the Job Resource Center. And they can direct you to a list of resources to help you get a job. They're not just government jobs, but um, job listings that might not always be on Indeed, um, Glassdoor, those kind of websites. Um, Also, another tip when you're putting together your resume or your cover letter, um, be mindful of the job description and try to pull out different keywords that they use because a lot of job um, places use automated resume readers that are programmed to um, use an algorithm that just pulls the applications that have um, certain criteria, um, whether it be the the education attainment, location, um, just different keywords you use as far as um, describing your experience. Um, Be mindful of the language they use in the job description and try to cater at least your cover letter to match it and start using cover letters if you already haven't um like we said earlier also go to the library there are plenty of free resources but um also be on the lookout for more information about the business on the social enterprise i'm talking about to help people find jobs but also entrepreneurs and businesses meet those capacity goals and just those developmental goals Anything else you have to add, Mom? And we must support our black businesses. We need to stop putting so much money into Walmart and these other places. I hate to put y'all out there, but it's the truth. We need to utilize and build on our own brand. And if you know someone that knows someone who knows about a job, help each other out. Let somebody know. If they have that job experience, tell somebody. Yes. Um, Promote your people. We got to do better. As a community, helping each other out when we can, any way we can. There is room for us. Um, I know they're saying the middle class is not a thing. And they make it seem like it's not a lot of room at the top. But there is. There is. The same way, you know, we have this Nikki Cardi beef. How they act like it can only be two rap queens or whatever. Um, There are so many other rap artists who are female, who are of color, who, you know, have bars. So we can celebrate all of them. You can like Nicki, and you can like Cardi B, and you can like Beyonce, and you can like Rihanna, and you can like Rico Nasty, and you can like SZA, and you can like her. There's so many people you can like all at once. We can celebrate us. We can support everybody. Listen to everybody. Everybody get streams. Everybody can get a check. That's what I'm talking about. Get a check. We know you all love us as much as we love you. You can show us just how much you do. On social media. Facebook, Instagram. At Talking Brown Sugar. Twitter. At Talking Brown Sug. That's Talking Brown S-U-G. Email us. At talkingbrown.sugar at gmail.com leave us comments use the hashtag talkingbrownsugar or if you got a creative hashtag that you have thought of use it um send us a message let us know email us all kinds of things yeah let us know you're listening let us know hoo-hoo. yeah send us an idea or something you want us to discuss 
um, in the next episode. And until then, I'm Angela the mom. I'm Raja the daughter. We We out! out!